This is a Showbile podcast. Welcome to episode 13 of Bucks on Nucks. Ty Demery here, and we're glad you could join us today. And on today's show, we're going to take a look at how the NHL draft went and at some big trades that have happened across the NHL. Also, we continue to make that cash money by nailing our UFC picks. So we'll have some more picks for you a little later on. And we're going to do a little recap of some recent fights. And it might be time for the Blue Jays to hit the panic button. So we'll see what the lads have to say about that a little later on as well. And then last but not least, we've got a topic to get into near the end of the show that's going to feature a sport that's never been featured on Box on Nux before. And this sport has a competitor we're going to talk about that holds the record for most championship titles in a single event. So uh, stick around and find out who that is. Uh, first things first, though, we got to uh, check in with the lads here. I know DK had a pretty exciting past uh, week there. DK, how are you doing, buddy? It's been better, you know. You know, when you go on a little bit of uh, what the kids would call a bender, you're going to have a tough couple of days. It was a 10-day stretch of just doing whatever I wanted, treat polluting my body, as I like to say, treat my body like a dumpster. So yesterday was a tough day, but we're back into it today. We're back in the swing of things. We're back to work tomorrow. I'm feeling all right now. I'm feeling better. I'm feeling better today than I have been the last 10, probably. How about uh, Stewie J there? How you doing, buddy? Um, no new updates, uh, to be honest. Uh, I got vacation. got the week off this week, so just chilling out. Girlfriend's birthday, so I'm up. Change of scenery. I know like the audio listeners can't see, but... Uh, in the girlfriend's in the girlfriend's room, you can see. Uh, maybe I'll like tip the camera for you boys here. Oh, never mind. Too much work, but uh, very obvious. Very obviously, uh, a girl's room, but uh, <laughs> but uh, not 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 so fitting for a, a sports podcast. But we use what we can, right? Box on Nux is on the road. Right on. Uh, <laughs> you guys want to jump into some hockey here? There's been uh, some crazy stuff going on there in the NHL. The uh, the draft just took place, and then um, probably the biggest story that came out of that has got to be the fact that the projected first overall pick there, Shane Wright, dropped down to pick four and went to Seattle, and uh, Shane didn't seem too happy about that and might have a little bit of a chip on his shoulder now, but uh, what would you guys make of all that? You know, it's funny. Listening to some of the guys, like the analysts and whatnot, they were going into the draft. The one that, I, that stuck with me the biggest is that uh, Bob McKenzie, when he was talking, he was talking about people that they can be compared to and that, you know, he didn't like the Shane Wright-Patrice Bergeron comparison. He said a lot of scouts uh, that he had talked to anyways left watching Shane Wright games this season and said there was just more to be desired. I wish he didn't disappear in the second period. I wish he didn't do this. And then he turned around and said this Slavkovsky kid and compared him to Yammer Yager. It's like, how do you not take Slavkovsky? Like, I just felt like it was, uh, it was almost a slam dunk as soon as he started getting the comparisons to Yager, how he you know, went on the on the international stage and balled out. The one thing I will say before you get into your takes, too, shout out Blake Horler because he has a take on this that said if Shane Wright went first, bust because he went fourth, future Hall of Famer. And I kind of am subscribing to that theory, too. I like that, so, yeah. So you're saying he has like the, he's got the wheels behind him now that he's got, kind of got a, a little bit of a chip on his shoulder? 
he's going to play better. Absolutely. That's what he was saying. Okay. Yeah. He was like, he said, if he went first, he thought that it would just kind of be like, yeah, I've been projected to be first since I was 15 years old in this draft. And now that he slid all the way to fourth, it's like, he's got a whole new fire under his belly in his belly again and ready to go. Right. It lit a fire under his ass. He's ready to, ready to take over this league. And I kind of subscribe to that theory too. Sweet. Yeah. I saw him absolutely grilling the Habs table there at the draft too. Like I think they, I heard he denied it. I already said it wasn't. He did. He did. He well. Either way, man, he was. He looking, said there was no meaning behind it. Yeah. He had a, a certain look we'll in someone's it. direction over there. Maybe it wasn't true, but uh, either way, I heard that uh, he was told they were going to pick him. Maybe that's a rumor as well. But I, I'm pretty sure he was convinced that Montreal was going to pick him, or at least like they made it seem that way. So at least the rumor out there is that they told him that, and he was up there just absolutely grilling their management table there. And uh, I think uh, you know when people predict he's going to have a chip on his shoulder. And I think he might've even said that. I think they're totally right. He's going to come out flying his last year, like uh, in the OHL there was a bit underwhelming. I don't think he was living up to the uh, expectations they had for him. So it's probably why he dropped to number four, but he could, you know, easily bounce back and uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. Time will tell. We'll see. Right. I mean, I think Montreal had a plan, I guess maybe they, I think they might have just like kind of poked at Chicago a little bit to see what they're feeling on Doc before before like making their decision on, on Stavkovsky because because right. it seems like uh, it seems like that's a, not a trade that you just pull off like in the minutes that led yeah, up to little, that right uh, planned out. So, so I feel like when they liked Stavkovsky, but they wanted a reason to pick him because I was thinking to be honest, I liked I liked uh, I liked Uri as as a prospect better than I liked, right? I've seen Wright play a few times back in his, um, his exceptional status year when I was with, uh, the ice stuff, when I was like uh, interning with the ice stocks there. And he was, I mean, like he was like 15 or 16 or whatever he was at the time. But at the same time, like, uh, it would, I don't know. He like didn't stand out to me. Like, you know, McDavid, when he was 15, he came to the league and everybody knew right from right when he was like in his first year, they knew he was going to be a star. Right. And like, um, Right, got like the same treatment and then he comes in and then it's like it's like yeah he's a good player he's gonna be a good player he's probably gonna be a, a decent NHLer, but I just didn't see like the guaranteed star stud like potential from him you know what I mean but um yeah. I actually do like the Bergeron comparison as far as play style I don't know about like he's gonna be Bergeron but I think he, he'll be like a, a solid two-way forward in the league but it's really what Montreal wanted. I didn't think they had the balls to do it. That's why I was saying right when we were talking about like who's going to go first. That's why I was saying right. I didn't think they had the balls to uh, go with the Slovak kid there. I I want to say I'm like avoiding his name. I've already said it once, but it's, it's Slavkovsky, I think, is his name. I'm hoping I'm saying that right. I don't want to butcher all that episode, but I'm going to say just if as you a sound it out. That's how it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go back to the school method and sound out the last name. Yeah, it's Slipkowski. Yeah, exactly. I feel like that's what you boys do sometimes when you still butcher something. <laughs> oh, that's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, all right, I'm going to go Slavkovsky though for the rest of the episode. But yeah, you, uh, I do like him as a prospect. Big guy. He did insane Olympic run there, and I think they ended up winning yeah. a bronze medal now in the Olympics. Slovaks, right? Uh, they they did, yeah. I think they were. Uh, he had two goals in that game. Like, yeah. yeah, and he was a nobody. Like he wasn't a nobody, but he wasn't like. Uh, it was that really that Olympic run that really like uh, gave him that uh, boost in draft stock, and uh, yeah, yeah, I do like the kid. Um, and I think yeah, Montreal 
probably got the word that Doc's definitely a possibility and we can make that happen. Um, and well, I you, said, you well, why do you, sorry, I was just going to say, why do you, why do you, like, why are we going to draft like another center? That's our top two centers right there for the future. They got Suzuki already. And then they just get Doc. It's like, we have no need for Shane Wright. So I think they were looking, they were probably shopping around looking for a reason not to draft Wright. I think if they didn't have that, I didn't, I think if they didn't have that Doc trade laid out, I mean, I'm not sure if that's even the case, but I, I have a feeling they had that laid out. They had that in the works already. And if they didn't have that laid out, they would have gone last minute. They would have gone right. I don't know. That's just yeah. my thought. But uh, I, I like, uh, I don't think Wright's going to, I think Wright will have like a good NHL career. I don't know if he's going to be like a superstar or anything, because like I said, like I've seen him play a few times and I was never high on him. I know other people are, so he might, might prove us wrong. And he definitely, I mean, Seattle's building like a little bit of a prospect pool over there, eh? To get right at four, like you'll take it. The guy oh, yeah. that was supposed to be number one for the last three years, like. Yeah, they I did mean, great like, in the draft there. They had like, was it, well, maybe it's Arizona that had three first round picks. They did great in the draft too, but both those teams, like Seattle cleaned up in the draft. They got some great players, like getting right at four. That could be the biggest steal in draft history one day. Who fucking knows, right? Like, yeah, you can't predict this kind of shit when they're 18 or 19 years old because like, one of them could come into the league and be a bust. One of them come at, could come out and be like the next Ovechkin or Crosby or whatever the hell, right? But I think you're right in saying that uh, there wasn't like a guaranteed uh, superstar in this draft. Like I think there will be when Connor Bedard's in the draft. And I see, like yeah. you mentioned Chicago, what they're doing, trading away Doc, trading away Debrinkit, which we'll mention in a few few minutes here. But I, I think they're totally getting ready to tank for Bedard. Like they're going all in on that Bedard kid. That's why they're dishing all their players away, not signing fuck all. Like, I think that's the whole game plan behind what Chicago's doing. And that kind of can lead us into the Alex Debrinkit trade that happened there. And uh, yeah, the Ottawa Senators made a huge splash. Maybe that could even been the headline of the draft. They traded Probably. three of their draft picks. Yeah, one of them was the uh, seventh overall to Chicago for two-time 40-goal scorer in the NHL, 24-year-old Alex Debrinkit. And I personally think uh, since GM Pierre Dorian just fleece Chicago in this trade and he was of course all smiles when he was uh, being interviewed about it at the draft and uh, right here I, I'm going to just roll the clip of uh, Dorian talking about it. Well obviously the ability to add uh, someone who's a consistent goal scorer, uh, someone whose age fits in with a lot of our core, uh, someone that is a competitor, uh, someone who has a proven track record. Uh, we've said since the end of the year that we were looking for someone who could play in our top six and he's playing in our top six <laughs> but uh, yeah just like dorian said the sends added the exact kind of player they they said they were going out looking for which was a proven top six forward and a goal scorer and really i'd say uh it's a piece added to their team they've needed for a long time and they got him without giving up much honestly dorian pretty much made this trade the way i make trades and be a gm mode in the nhl video games where you just trade all your picks for a star player and I think uh, the Sens have the picks to spare because they've done so well in drafts in previous years. But um, what do you guys think about uh, Chicago doing this whole rebuilding? And what do you think of the Debrinket trade as well? Uh, I think, he, okay, first of all, I think Ottawa took them to the cleaners on this one. Uh, Debrinket, yeah. the 40 goal scorer, they could have waited, got much more. I mean, they better hope their seventh pick there turns out to be a fucking star because Debrinket at what? He's like 23, I think now. And he's 24, already, I think, yeah, like right around that. Like not even in his prime yet, and he's already scored 40 goals twice. 40 goals, yep, and, and he's fast, um, dynamic yep. forward. He'll work, I mean, as Stutzla develops. <clears throat> Sorry, I have a, oh, he'll a be voice. Great with Stu, on, but, man. 
yeah, Stutzla develops, that's going to be a, a dangerous pairing. And, and Ottawa, uh, slowly but surely, is building a very scary young core there. I mean, I mean, Shabbat is probably the yep. Shabbat's twenty five, and I'd say he's the oldest of. How old's Batherson and Norris? Twenty four. Yeah. Right. Maybe, so. Yeah. And, and Shabbat is twenty five, and I guess like he, I think it. I don't know the facts. I don't know everyone's ages off the top of my head, but I think Shabbat might be the oldest of their young core yeah, there. And like much, Shabbat, yeah. Batherson, Norris, Stutzla, Kachuk. Um, yep. And now they got to bring it 23, 24, like you said. And then and Sanderson then, um, coming in too. Like, they're they're still Sanderson in the market too. They're talking about making more trades. There's rumors of the Leafs and Murray going there. Like yeah. Murray going to the Leafs. There's rumors of like Kleinberg still in the market. They're talking about adding a top four. Chitron's still out there. So yeah. Scary team they're building right there, buddy. I'm I'm hyped. I'm a Sens fan. I'm stoked. Yeah, I w- I would expect to bring it to take a little bit of a step back in terms of his goal scores. Like I don't see him scoring forty next year. Um, do I think he's going to be a perennial thirty goal scorer? Yes, I do. I think he's going to be in a lot of All Star games. He's going to score thirty goals quite a bit. But there is something to be said about DeBrinket. How when he came in, he was playing with Patrick Kane the whole time. And right. it's it's and when you're on a power play and you got Chicago's power play with Patty Kane because that's where he was getting a lot of his points as well. It's going to be easier to put the puck in the back of the net. I know you're really high on on Tim Stutzla, but I would say yep. like he had. I would expect him to score more in the range of like 25 to 35, like in the next you know three four years, and then and then once the Sens core is boom, and he's going to be a great great piece for that team. I think it was a great trade. Like you said, it was kind of like a be a GM move where they just were like, here, take all of our picks. I'll take your yeah. best guy. That was, I, I love, love that. that. <laughs> I think I was going to say, I, I love that type of GM work right there. Um, yeah. I think it was a great deal. We recapped it. I think we put out like who won the trade. I don't think there was one person, even Chicago fans saying that they won that trade or that they thought it was a good deal. I one think guy did first, one guy. In oh, our was TikTok there one guy? Did. You see that? Was there one guy? Fox won it. I, did, <laughs> I was like, I wow. didn't see it. I didn't see it. It was that's that's a rarity. So like if we did you have yeah, a reason got, why or was it just no? I asked. I asked. I, I replied. I was like, can you can you share your reasoning? Like you're the only one that said that. He's just and like because I'm a Hawks fan. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> it's of you, yeah, right? yeah. 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 So I I like that pick. We knew that they were shopping around that seventh overall pick, right? It's it's Ottawa's not in a let's draft high now like mode right now they're not really in much of a rebuild mode anymore they're really trying to get those tools those pieces in place and they make a run maybe not this this upcoming season but two to five years from now they're going to be great like somewhere in that range i would assume they're going to be this this coming season is going to be kind of a fighting for a wild card spot and i think they still have an issue with their decor that they need to figure out they need to get rid of guys like zaitsev he needs to go they need. They're going to be bringing in Sanderson. He's still super young, so who knows how. Oh, that's dude, Zub too. Zub's a great defenseman. He's oh, young too, Zub's isn't he? Zub's a stud. Yeah, I forgot about him. So. I think they're going to add another top four D man still this off season, but uh, it'll be like it'll be interesting what they do. Like their forwards, they're pretty set. I would say, uh, just need those guys to you know mature a little bit. They need a little more experience, and they're going to. They're going to get to where they need to be. But I agree with uh, DK and saying like the Brinkett, he might maybe not his first year go ahead right away and score 40. But I mean, I think, I think Jimmy Stu. Yeah, I think Jimmy Stu's going to have a breakout year this year. And I know he's not Patrick Kane or hasn't proven to be a Patrick Kane yet. But I think by the time his career is over, he'll be a, a very uh, well-known player across uh, the hockey league. You know, a top German player of all time, like up there with Dreisaitl and shit. 
Yeah. But uh, time will tell, like, like we're saying with all these things, it's, it's a matter of time, but uh, keep an eye out for the Ottawa senators this off season to make another trade. Um, do you guys agree though, that uh, the Chicago's likely tanking for Bedard here, like with all the, the moves they're making, cause they just seem to be self-destructing that team. Dude, I don't know if it's specifically for Bedard. Sorry if I, I jumped in there. Quick. I know DK looked like you had some thoughts, but uh, uh, I don't know if it's specifically for Bedard because tanking for one guy a season before his draft is coming is like a very risky, like that never works out almost. You know what I mean? Like, it's what it looks like. You could happening. come dead last and not even get easily not get the first pick. Yeah. And get true. swindled, right? So I don't, I don't like, I honestly just think it's bad managing over there. Unless yeah, it, could be it, that. it could turn out to be like those, what they dropped at 13 and seven, those guys turn into absolute studs, but I don't know, man, it looks pretty brutal. Um, doc, I didn't mind the doc trade because it just looks bad in hindsight because they took doc third overall. Right. And then they traded them just one for one, yeah. almost for the, for the 13th pick. So it looks bad yeah. in hindsight, but again, that wasn't Kyle Davidson that made them move, I guess. Uh, who was, it was Bowman, right? Stan Bowman over there. So I think, I mean, and he didn't, he did, he had some bad moves in hindsight as well. So I don't know. Chicago's in a, in shambles. They're losing pieces too. I mean, like, I guess they're going full young. I mean, Davidson said, uh, he thought it was really important because he was asked, I think, I think it was Friedman asked him like on the, at the draft table said like, why didn't you wait? Like, what was the, what was the process there? Like, uh, do, do you think you could have waited? And he said, he thought it was really important to get in the top 10 of this draft. Hey that's your thoughts sure but i mean for to bring get a 40 goal score like dude you could have got a top 10 probably next year's draft if there was one on the market or and um you could have taken ottawa's pick next year even you know what i mean like yep. i mean like, you know, prime minister ottawa <laughs> might be good but TikTok, so comment that. you could have taken you could have taken ottawa's pick next year and then taken a prospect from ottawa because we, we know they're deep and then if, if that pick doesn't end up being a lottery pick next year, even if Ottawa like overperforms next year, you still that's still a first round asset to move up into the draft along with something else, maybe, right? So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand it completely. I think Debrink it'll go in there. I think he's a super I watched enough Chicago games this year that I think he's like a super dynamic player and he's not totally reliant on Kane. Like I think he creates his own chances enough. Uh, that he'll score at least he'll score yeah, I think thirty five at least he scores and he's still young. So I think he gets even better next year. Hopefully he stays healthy. I think he scores 40 again, like to be honest, but I know DK, you said he might be closer to 30. We'll see where I got differing opinions, but I think he's a super dynamic player. And uh, I mean, yeah, I, that's, I don't have much else to say other than fucking the Blackhawks are looking shaky right now. Oh yeah, dude, that Blackhawks organization, the last couple of years has been an absolute joke. Um, on the ice, off the ice, in the owner's room, fucking scandals going around them, everything else. Like, though, that, that Blackhawks organization is an absolute joke right now. Doesn't surprise me that they're out there fucking up time and time again. Um, it's just kind of like the reputation they built over these last couple years where they just don't seem to get it, man. Like, they had those runs, and that's good enough for them. Yeah. Like, do, are they tanking yeah. for Bedard? Maybe. Maybe. But at the same point, like you still got Johnny Taves, you still got Patty Kane, like you still like if they're gonna really tank, you're gonna have to get rid of all these guys, right? Which it could get yeah. even worse for the Blackhawks organization. And then on top of that, I'm almost hundred percent sure they got Peter Mrazek rolling in as probably their starting goalie. 
yeah. come the start yeah. of the season, which as a Leafs fan, thank oh. fuck we got rid of that guy. Oh my for God. Thir- Swindled I, him that again. Was a, Swindled that him was up. another fleecing. Like that's an underrated fleece where we didn't have to retain any salary. We moved back 13 picks and you guys took Peter Morazic for two years. Like this Blackhawks organization is an absolute joke. It's a tire fire. They're horrible. Yeah. They're horrible. I would go, I would say they haven't made a good move yeah. in probably like five years. Yeah. They, every move they've uh, they've lost every single move they've made, including, I'd say even including the uh Dehan move, and that's my boy. But you <laughs> took him in and you didn't and you're paying him four and a half he was already on a four and a half million dollar contract and you didn't even sniff the playoffs once. And so well, that's a guy that you just wasted, and he'll probably you he might even go to Ottawa this summer and then free agency. Who knows? But fucking, uh, we'll see we'll see. But the the Jones the Jones signing looks brutal in hindsight. Um, Flurry trade looked brutal in hindsight. Um, what else? I mean, can to break it, letting Keith and Seabrook both walk instead of fucking trading them, like yeah, getting nothing for either one of those guys, right? We'll see. Everything we'll see what they've done. Yeah, we'll see what they do with. Like what happens with Kane? I think Taves might stay. Kane's definitely gone, in my opinion. We'll see yep. what we'll see what they get back for Kane. But oh my goodness, it looks. Uh, I hope he goes. Yeah, to I the think Rangers. I heard Kane's. I think I heard Kane's like one hundred percent guaranteed not to be back in Chicago next year. Yeah, but that might have been like a and oh another empire thing. rumor type thing. Like it wasn't. Uh, I don't know the source for that exactly, but that's what I'm hearing. And uh, there's a ton of great names on the market, and like a few moves have already happened. Romanov went to the Islanders. Doc to the Habs, like you said, and like Campbell's still on the market there. I'm pretty sure. Like, I don't know if he, I've heard he might go to Edmonton. We got Klingberg still out there, Malkin, like ton of stuff going on. Matt Murray might be going to the Leafs, I'm hearing. And, yeah. uh, you know, by the time we get the pod posted, one of these players could be already moved because of, uh, you know, how this stuff's been going down. But Bro. Stu, I interrupted you there. What were you saying? Oh, I was just going to say, even another thing, like uh, at last year's deadline, uh, back on the DeHaan train. They could have moved him. There was plenty of teams. They would have had to retain probably some salary, but there was there's was plenty of teams interested in a left-handed defenseman that moves the puck pretty well. You know what I'm saying? And he plays and he plays oh, great yeah. defense. One of the best shot blockers in the league. And they they just held on to him. They definitely had calls. I freaking promise you, they had calls for Dahan from many teams. I think probably Ottawa probably almost double digits. Him. Yeah, Ottawa's looking for like another defenseman, and he's from replace, Ottawa. You know, he might like, end up in Ottawa, is yeah. what I'm saying. But uh, oh, hot take right here, box on Nox hot take. Can you bat yeah. on that shit? <laughs> well, see. I could get some info if I want to dig deep enough. I can get some inside info, but I don't know if I want to disrupt anybody. But uh, <laughs> put the family in. That'd be cool. I'd like him in Ottawa, hundred percent. Yeah, he'd be good, and then that'd be a good piece to add if you can get him for cheap, which, uh, I mean, he's getting older now, and then everybody kind of agreed he was a bit overpaid in Chicago. Um, I think you can go, like, if you get him under three in Ottawa, that's a, that's a piece that might help you get to the playoffs even this year if you want to make yeah. it. That's what you're in for. But we'll see. I think Ottawa needs another, like, top 4D guy and a goalie. But the goalie, I think they, they probably will take a gamble this year. I don't know if they're going to add a goalie or just see how Forsberg and Gus Boss does there, Gustafson. But uh, yeah. it's going to be Gross. a good year, I think, for the Sands, at least better than we've had the past few years. I want to say speaking of goalies, but right before I say that, that the final point about the Blackhawks is uh, even the dock trade, um, like I said, looks brutal in hindsight considering they yeah. took him third overall. So between the two general managers they've had there in the last couple of years, 
not one single good trade I saw coming, like not one single good transaction I saw coming out of no. um, um, Chicago. So, um, yeah, who knows? But um, yeah, speaking of goalies, your boy Matt Murray, Ty. I'm hearing yep. a lot of rumors about the Leafs, which uh, I think the common, the general consensus among Leafs fans is like we don't want Matt Murray. Um, I don't really want Matt Murray. I don't think. <laughs> I mean, he might prove I don't want him either. Comes, but, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But, uh, I mean, Ottawa will probably, you'd hope they eat half his salary and then you get him around, like, if you get him for, like, four mil uh, across two years or whatever he has left now, then I guess it's, like, a decent... Campbell. I guess it's a decent deal and it's an upgrade on Mirazik, guaranteed, almost. But, uh... What the fuck's yeah. happening with Campbell, though? Like, is he, like, he's... He's a sure UFA, so... Toronto? Like, well, he's they testing the market. I think that he's going to end up getting some money tossed at him that the Leafs just kind of can't really afford. Like Edmonton, I think he's right? End up getting, yeah, I think Edmonton's going to – I think the rumors is that they've offered like six or six yeah. and a half is what they're going to come in. And the Leafs were looking more for like a hometown discount of like four or five, five maximum. So if – I mean, that's no shade to Jack Campbell. If he gets – if he can get paid, go get paid somewhere, right? Like especially at Edmonton, whatever. Um, my thing is is that – Colorado really put their foot in the sand and said, we don't want Darcy Kemper anymore. Mm-hmm. Also, right. Getting the Gore or get trading for Gorgiev and then uh, signing them. So Good what's extension. the extension? Is like the Kemper and Leafs thing still like a high possibility? I that, because cause I that, think so. That's probably like the, like the Number optimal move, but, but this Murray shit is picking up steam, dude. Like that might be, a, we might be talking about Murray to the Leafs tomorrow. Right. So I don't well, know. The, the Leafs do need two goalies, right? Like because we got we got no Campbell, no Morazic, and like right. I don't think they're gonna roll with Shalgren or but Joseph two, Wall. Like we're two, gonna need two, two million for Murray if, if that's like even what we get him at. I don't know. Like depend. Like his salary right now is far too much for a backup goalie, and even if they eat some, it's like the Leafs are so tight. I'd almost rather just pay a guy like a veterans minimum, get Mike Spiff back. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not confident in Murray at all. I hope he proves no. me wrong if he comes, but I'm not confident. Is Kemper like, like? Okay, I'm gonna say like three weeks ago, or no? After the end of the season, it seemed like all right. There's some options for the Leafs out there as far as goaltending goes. Like Flurry, um, he was so trade. He just went to Flurry resigns in uh, Minnesota. Um, Huso goes to Detroit. Gibson um, said he wants Gibson. nothing to do with Toronto. Yeah, I think that quote was altered, though. I think it was more like, no, I have no interest in playing in Toronto. I, I want to stay in Anaheim is more the yeah. thing. So like, all of a sudden, he says he changed his mind. He wants to stay in Anaheim. Now we're looking at Kemper and Murray, realistically, right? So it's like, yep. so it's like, damn. So I, I think, well, I think Ottawa's in on Kemper, too. They're looking both at those Kemper guys are well. injured. Both those guys are injury-prone. They're absolute band-aids, yeah. both those guys. So, like, fuck, we, oh. could see, we could see Joseph Wool starting games for us for a good chunk of next season. Yeah. <laughs> which which would be tough. I know we just signed, unless there's they got something. We signed, and I don't have his name handy right now, the Hobie guy Baker who won the guy. Hobie Baker yeah. in, in college this year who's already 24, 25 years old. So maybe he's ready to make a jump in terms of, like, be your AHL starter and be an yeah. emergency guy because apparently he had the best save percentage of any goalie ever in college this year. Um, the thing about Matt Murray that scares me is the same thing as you. This guy just has showed up to the arena and just decided not to play on multiple occasions. And that's been the report. It was very similar to the Frederick Anderson thing that the Leafs ran into, that the Carolina Hurricanes ran into this year where, oh, there's Freddie. He's practicing again. Oh, he's going to be another three weeks. The medical staff cleared him, but Freddie said he's not ready. I think Matt Murray is very prone to that. 
I don't like looking when you look at his stats, he's always, even in his best seasons, it's a high two goals against average to three. He's like barely touching 900 save percentage. I understand he was playing on Ottawa at the time when he was getting the starts, they were rebuilding. So it's tough for him. But at the same point, man, a goalie who just went 20 games, 20 games started five and 12, 906 save percentage and a 305 goals against average. I don't know why the Leafs, like unless we, there's just no other options out there. Like, I don't know why we'd be kicking tires unless we're getting like a fucking something else with it. I don't get it. Doesn't make yeah. any sense to me. I wouldn't like, I think it might be better for them to sign Campbell. Like if they can, you know, like fucking just stick it out for another year. Like better than Murray, I would say. Like, and your other, unless you can get Kemper, but it was proven to not to work, though, dude. I think. Well, yeah, Kemper's a free yeah. agent. You're just gonna have to pay him enough. But so it's, I think the Leafs are kind of in a fucking uh, shithole of a situation right now, eh? Like they fucking yeah, they don't have many options for tendies, really. Why didn't we go in and use how is the is the thing? Maybe they weren't convinced. I didn't like. Why did we? Was there a report saying we made an offer on Huso? No, like there was nothing like that. And even Gorgiev, like when Avalanche got Gorgiev, it's like, where were the Leafs yeah. on this? Like, yeah. where were the Leafs on Gorgiev? He's a great backup. He was good for New York. Like, I don't get where the Leafs are in terms of all this stuff. Like, unless we are that handcuffed for the cap where we couldn't afford to trade someone who was an R, like trade for Huso or Gorgiev who were RFAs, and we didn't think, even if we traded for him, that we were going to sign, like, be able to sign him. I don't get it. Like it doesn't make any sense to me. I would, I was, I was when Gorgiev went to the Avalanche. It's like there's Joe Sakic just won GM of the year, and there's another great move from him. I think. Yeah, another yeah. great move. What it's like, it's tough. I'll take Matt Murray if we get rid of if if it's, let's say it's Justin Hall going the other way, and Ottawa retains cap. I don't mind that trade. You know what I mean? Then you get rid of Je- Justin Hall's salary and, and Justin Hall as as a whole, and then uh, you get Murray on, you get Murray back with like a little more room. Um, another thing I heard was was the last goalie I think that's available by trade would be Cam Talbot. What are you thinking about? Maybe like a Talbot and Dumba back to Toronto return for like I don't know. You've got, I mean, there's pieces Willie to you. and somebody. Willie and Fuck Hall? Willie Nylander. I hate Willie Nylander so much. I don't want him on this team anymore. I don't <laughs> think you can win with him. Willie I said Nees. it right right after the season ended. I said, if there is one guy that I need to pick off this list, if I'm Kyle Dubas, I circled his name, and I basically crossed it off the roster right at the end of the season. I said, Willie Nylander's not back in my dressing room next year. And he's a yeah. good piece. Like People would want him. He doesn't have that bad of a contract. When you look it up, he doesn't like really. Nine, he's right? six, it's like 6'7", six, six, yeah. I think is what it is what it is. AAV. A lot of guys would pay Willie Nylander because guess what? He's a 60, 60 to 80 point guy every single year on a on a decent team. Like, why, why are we not trading this fucking guy for something? Like you said, like I completely agree. Cam Talbot, Matt Dumba, you give up Willie Nylander and another piece and a first round pick. And now you have a goalie and a better defenseman and you get rid of a fucking, in my mind, know. a cancer on your team like Willie Nylander. That's just all positives. I think that's too yeah. much of a package for those two. You think? I think Talbot's like ready to go out of Minnesota because they just went back with Flurry. I think like, I don't know. I don't think uh, it would take that much to get Talbot. And then, and then, uh, Dumba and Nylander, I think, is a fair swap one for one. Almost, I'd say, I'd say Nylander is almost more valuable than Dumba. And then 
we just get rid of Hall. Do you like the Hall Hall and Nylander for Dumba and Talbot straight up? Do you like that trade? It depends. I I do, but I don't know what Matt Dumba's contract is because he's it'll fit. He had it'll, signed five year, thirty mil, so he's making six mil a season. So I guess it'll fit if we get rid of seven hundred grand there, and then yeah. So yeah, I like. I, but, I would love that deal. I would love yeah, that deal. The only thing is, is do you trust Talbot? Because that's a guy that Minnesota already said we're not confident in, in him making the Stanley Cup run. You know what I mean? Like when they traded for Flurry last year. So are we confident? I'm not confident in any goalie that's out there on the market. I'm not co- confident in Darcy Kemper. I'm not confident in Matt Murray. I'm not confident in Camp Talbot. I'm not. Co- I wasn't confident in Rick Cluso. <laughs> Whatever. When he went to Detroit, like I, Billy I'm not Huso, confident. Billy Huso. I know Rick Cluso, Billy Huso. That's that's how that's who he is. There's nobody that knew who Billy Huso was as a Leafs fan until they started talking about. He was Rick Cluso at Sobey's grocery store to everybody yeah, before the Leafs season. started being a the great goalie. Season. You had a great season, St. Louis. I like. Who gives Billy a Huso. fuck about the Blues? The Leafs are in shambles, and I'm 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 I've been watching the draft and watching all these things happen, and it's like, fuck, man, we're gonna get stuck with no good goalies again. And we're gonna lose in the fucking first round. <laughs> Every team seems to be making good goddamn moves, and the Leafs are just we're except just getting Chicago. rid of Mrazek. Yeah, except for Chicago. Except <laughs> I will say that they're doing better in Chicago. But it's just I'm already getting this feeling again with the Leafs, where it's like we're fighting this uphill battle, where it's like how does every other good franchise have good goalies for years on end, and we haven't had a fucking good goalie since. Curtis Drop Joseph. name here. Yeah, like Ed <laughs> Belfour, Curtis Joseph. Like, <laughs> like that's what I'm saying. But, like, how ridiculous is that, dude? Eddie Belfour was an alcoholic while he played in the league, and he was our last good goalie. That shows you how long ago it was. Like, that shows you how long ago. It's just it's <laughs> The eagle. It's crazy. I don't know how I got to this topic, but at the same point, fucking the Leafs offseason is scaring the shit out of me. It's scaring the shit out of me. I don't want to have the same shit happen, but it seems like it's going to. I think Matt Murray gets – gets the right team and shit and he gets his confidence back. He could be a stud still. He won two Stanley cups as a rookie. Like I think uh, with the right fitting team and stuff, a little bit of help from his defense to get him comfortable again, he could be a fantastic goaltender. So I think that's probably why the Leafs are interested, but I mean, who fucking knows at this point, but um, you were, what did you mention about the Leafs? Said they're in a bit of a shambles or something. So I'm going to move on to our next topic, which is another team (laughs) that's in shambles from Toronto. And that is the blue Jays. And I think they lost again yesterday. So that makes them like one in nine in their last 10 or something like that. So I'm wondering now, is it time for the Blue Jays to hit the panic button, lads? What do you think? Okay. I have lots of thoughts on the Blue Jays today. By the panic button, do we, do we mean we, we have to go and be super aggressive? Like shake things up, shake it up. We need to make some trades. We yeah. can't stick with this team because then, if yeah. we stick with this I'm team absolutely. right now, we're not making it to the finals. I'm absolutely. We might not even make the playoffs, dude. But I mean, yeah, it, I'm I'm hitting the panic button absolutely now. I think we try to give them time, and we, it's just all right. Here's my thoughts on the Blue Jays. You would have asked me three weeks ago what our biggest need at the deadline was before Gossman got injured. <clears throat> I would have said, I would have said, uh, just maybe a guy in the bullpen, a good reliable bullpen guy with swing and miss stuff because we don't have that now. And then maybe a left-handed bat. We've been saying that since the offseason, though. Maybe a left-handed bat. But if you go with that, a left-handed bat, it's not the end of the world. Now, I'm saying our biggest need, our most important piece, our, like our most important upgrade we have to make is uh, uh, a starting pitcher. We need a starting pitcher. 
it's very evident now. We had, I mean, we just had a four-game series with the Mar- Mariners, and two of the games were bullpen games. That's embarrassing. We need a starter. We need, I like two guys, two relievers, at least two relievers, right? And then, like, decent ones, not shitty ones. You know what I'm saying? Like, an Anthony Banda does nothing for me. You know what I mean? Um, and then the left-handed bat is still kind of like, yeah, if it happens, it happens. But we, I think starting pitching has almost overtaken bullpen in importance because really everything stems from the starting pitch. And like, it's, it's the starting pitching that gets the bullpen in those positions where you have like Adam Simber pitching where in, in innings, you don't want him to be pitching. Right. And then it, it stretches out the bullpen. They're kind of overworked, but obviously, obviously you'd love to have a better bullpen regardless, especially the Jays, because it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty thin there, but the starting pitching is definitely the biggest need. I think, I mean, there's, and the, the thing is that the Jays struggles recently have, have brought like a couple more teams into the picture where it's like, Oh, maybe we can contend like the Orioles are two games out of a wild card spot. Now um, the Mariners are right, right with us, right. After the hot run and after the sweep, they fucking after they bent us over this weekend. So now it's like, now it's like, are the Mariners going to, they're probably, they're not going to be as, I mean, selling as aggressively as we thought they might be. Um, they've outperformed their expectations. The Orioles, are they going to be selling as hard as they thought we, as we thought they were going to be? Um, a couple of the American League East teams, you know what I'm saying? All the guys selling, like all the teams that are, are, are sellers, like none of them really have like, a, none of them really have bullpen guys that fit the description of what, of like the Blue Jays needs, you know what I mean? So I don't know. We're kind of in a tough position, I think. And another thing to note is that the the deadline is August 2nd, and there's not going to be any big deals happening until closer to that date. So we still have three or four series that we need to get through with our current roster. So um, changes need to happen internally before anything else. But I am uh, absolutely saying that deadline changes need to be made. Um, and who knows what we got, I think. Uh, Arelvis Martinez might be on the trade block. I think Jordan Grishans might be on the trade block. Even Maybe even Moreno, maybe even Alejandro Kirk. We'll see. Um, but, yeah, I think, I don't know, that's what I have as far as trades. I've got more thoughts than Blue Jays, but I'll let, I'll let you speak, DK. Well, so here's the thing. It's This season has really given me the 2012 season vibes where I don't know if you remember that, Stewie, where we traded, it was a 12-person trade, and we got yeah. uh, to the Marlins, and we got Burley and Jose Reyes right, and John. Yeah. No, that that was the same year, but this was just in one trade. Okay, we got yeah. uh, Mark Burley, Jose Reyes, Josh Johnson, who was supposed to end up being a perennial Cy Young guy who ended up sucking, Emilio yeah. Bonifacio and John Buck, and then I believe we went out and got the RA, we did the RA Dickey deal that year as well, and then we sucked. I think we finished like 81 and 81. And this is what this seems like. We went out and we did everything we possibly could, right? We got the Burrios last year. We got Gosman this year. We got Matt Chapman right before the season started. We did everything that you possibly could. And they just don't mesh. Like they're just not, it's just not it, right? Like we're not hitting. There's few guys that are having worse years than they did. 
I think the contract hanging over Bo Bichette's head is kind of hurt, and I feel like every time he gets out, you could see him just how mad he is, like he's losing millions of dollars off his contract every time he doesn't perform well. I think the pressure's kind of eating him up a little bit. Kevin Biggio, to me, is just kind of like a guy when they thought he was going to maybe step in and be a good utility guy for them. Everything that could have gone wrong has gone wrong. Barrios hasn't pitched well. Gosman yep. really, like he started well, doesn't pitch well, and then all of a sudden is injured. Manoa has had a couple down starts. Like his his last couple haven't been as good as they used to. Like it's just anything that could have gone wrong has gone wrong. Do I want to hit the panic button yet though? No, because baseball has got way too fucking many games. Like I said before, like there's still what? I think they've still got 70 games left. Right. I'm not kidding. You could, you could go 50 and 20 in the MLB, right? We just saw the Yankees do it. Like, you could easily do that. All right. I, I'm saying I'm with you where I think, like, the Blue Jays are still, like, I think they're, in my opinion, they're still a lock to be a playoff team. Yep. Um, or at least a wild card team. Hopefully a play, hopefully they don't fall into the wild card position. But I think they're at least a, a, a lock to be in there. But Yep. As far as like if the panic button means you have to make changes, I think then I'm hitting the panic button. But I don't think they're they're gonna miss the playoffs because in my opinion, right now they are the unluckiest team in baseball. If you look at Gossman just got her, Kikuchi just got her, and all of a sudden we have no starting pitching. Um, you mentioned that um a lot of guys are having down years. Um uh, we saw a ball go through Guerrero's glove last night in, on a very crucial play that would have ended an inning said two runs come out of that inning. Um, that's the second time that's happened this season. Mine, <laughs> same guy, second time. Um, and then if you want to look at like the advanced stats or like the analytics, like the blue Jays are still like a top five offensive team in the league, even though a lot of the guys aren't hitting um, as well as you'd like them to. And, and like, they went through a, a tough offensive stretch in the start of the season. And then we're back in the kind of the same conversation now. If you really look at the, like, uh, I think WRC plus is a good stat to look at and we're still top five. We're still a top five offensive team. And then it, back on the unlucky train, when you switch it to WRC plus with runners in scoring position, we're like a bottom five team. So like, yep. and I don't think that's like, I don't think there's moves you can make to fix that. It's just like, it's just, I think again, it's just, it's mostly luck, maybe a little bit of approach, but I think talented hit hitters are will figure it out and we still got a lot of times time left and i think they will but i mean in an, in an ideal world they will but who knows right but yeah i i don't i think if vladdy's hitting still an above average hitter what he's doing this year but we i think he still is he's like the biggest like swing guy for like the second half of the season i think he has so much room to do better like we saw him like he's not on the same like rocket to the moon that he was on last year i think he can get back there realistically um bichette has a lot of room to grow like a lot of room to play better um Bo Bichet, i love that guy yeah you got <laughs> French it Canadian Bo yeah. Bo <laughs> Bo you gotta assume uh who else hernandez could play better you think he could probably hit better um, like there's a lot of room, like you can only, like you'd like to think that you can only go up with some of these guys. On the other hand, though, I think Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is like, you're getting about as much as you could have expected from him. He's hitting almost 300. You got to assume Kirk will probably slow down a bit. 
Um, I think Kirk, realistically, I love Kirk and I hope he stays, but for the right deal, I think Kirk might be a great piece to move because um, he's young. Of course, he's young. He's hitting, he's one of the best, he's the best hitter on our team this year. And he's got, and for a catcher's position, he got like a ton of value, but you got to think, is his value ever going to be as high as it is right now? And how long is this going to last? You know, he's not a guy that's in like incredible, like impeccable shape, right? So you got to think, how long is this going to last? I mean, we got catcher depth. I think he's like a guy that could be moved possibly for the right deal. I think you have to improve. The Jays, I was listening to uh, the Fan 590 the whole way up to my girlfriend's here, and they made an interesting point. Like, the Jays never go and, like, sell the farm for, like, every move they made in, like, the last, like, it's they're playing a long game, right? The new, the new front office, every move they make is they want to, they never want to lose value. They always want to gain value in the long term, right? So, I mean, Jays fans might be saying, like, yeah, sell the farm. We need a starting pitcher. Sell the farm. We need, like, a, a, a true, like, swing and miss, like, dominant reliever. But it's just, you'd like to think that, but it's not going to happen. I don't think, you know what I mean? It's never going to happen. So I think Kirk stays unless it's, like, a guy like Sandy Alcantara out of, like, uh, Miami coming the other way. Like, because that's a guy that was, like, I think shoppable at the start of the season. And now all of a sudden he's been signing young numbers in the, in the national league. And it's like, maybe they want to hold on to him. But if Kirk goes the other way, I think that, I think we still improve getting El Sandy Alcantara back. But, but for anyone else that's on the board that we know of, I don't think Kirk's movable, but, and I don't think he will be moved. Like the Jays have a good history of like guys that they prospects that they truly believe in usually don't get traded. You know what I mean? Um, as we saw with last year when they got Barrios, Austin Martin, Simeon Woods, Richardson went the other way, right? And those guys were top 50 prospects. And now I think the new top MLB top 100 prospects list, like an updated list for this year, just got released, and they're not even on the list. So in, in hindsight, that looks like a good trade. I think the, the media was like quite high on those guys, almost too high, and the Jays were like, all right, let's take advantage of their value right now and get some good return. And it looks like a good trade. Um, assuming Berea's gets back to form. He's pitched like pretty decently recently, I'd say. Um, but yeah, I think there is opportunity for big trades to happen. Um, if they find the right deal, it's just whether they have the balls to pull the trigger. Yeah, I was kind of hoping I, you'd both see a unanimous decision, you know, panic button, just so I could, uh, you know, roll the little panic button sound there. But uh, DK's <laughs> still thinking uh, we got a chance with this this team, eh? I do. I do think, like, I if I'm a opposing team in a wild card spot or any type of playoff, I don't want to face the Jays. Like, it, it, if Manoa's going yeah. out there first and with the bat, with the lineup that they have, with the bats yeah. that they have, I don't want to face the Jays in a playoff series if I'm any other team. Um, it's just, it's tough, man. If they're, if they pitch the way they're pitching, their bullpen is very much overworked. It was the best bullpen in the majors for the first like month and a half of the season, but that's because they had to put in a fucking ton of work. Kikuchi, I think that's a false injury. I think the guy just stinks. He had last outing that he pitched. He had he had five walks and two hit batters in two point one innings. He let seven men on walking them in two point one innings. I two and a third. I don't like Kikuchi. I I don't think he's going to be back. Ryu's not back. 
we are in very much like trouble. If it if it costs Moreno to get a good starting pitcher like the Alcantara, I I would do that deal a hundred percent. I like Alejandro Kirk. I think that he's actually going to be a very good major league hitter for a long time. He just looks confident up there. His strike zone smaller than the average person. And I haven't necessarily been all that impressed with Moreno. I know a lot of guys, uh, Jays fans, are kind of sucking his dick every time he does something. He throws somebody out at second. And they're like, oh, look at the cannon on him. Like, well, it's kind of his job. You got to throw boys out stealing if you're going to be a catcher. But if if it if it if we get a good starting pitcher, a good bullpen arm or something else back, um, for a Mourinho, I feel like you have to do it. Because like I said, the Jays are very good at at, uh, at maximizing guys. Like that awesome Martin is, is a perfect example of that, like you said, Stewie. Everybody was sucking Martin's dick. Oh, look how fast this guy is. And then all of the reports out of Jays camps were that this guy couldn't hit it in the air outside of the infield. Like they were just saying yeah. that he had no power. And, he, and this guy was like 23 and we got so much for him. Like Barrios, I think I still have all the faith in the world. I like his stuff. I like the way his pitches move. I like I like everything about it. The only thing that I don't like is that last start, Manoa's velocity was down. Barrios' velocity has been down throughout the season. Gosman's velocity was down. Uh, Ryu already had Tommy John. Kikuchi's out with an injury with his arm. We got a lot of arm issues on this team, and I don't know what we're doing in terms of off days with these pitchers, but everyone's going through this dead arm phase throughout the first half of the season, and I, I don't necessarily understand it. I feel like that's more on the Jays staff and the Jays coaches than it is on the players at cer- at a certain point when everybody's going through it. Yeah, you got to hope that the the All-Star break like does as well. Yep, yeah, 100%. <laughs> because we got a lot yeah, of games left until the trade deadline, man. So, yeah. it, I mean, our outlook could be could be completely different in, in uh, like a month. month from now, right? Yep, so. yep. You know, right. so, so we'll hold off on uh, hitting the panic button for now, but, uh, <laughs> you know, low key, I'm kind of hoping that, that we hit that one day just so I can hear it on the podcast, you know, but uh, <laughs> hopefully the Jays can do all right too, but uh, we'll, we'll see. Anyways, uh, why don't we move on to uh, some UFC, which is a place you're never going to have to hit the panic button if you're following our gambling picks, because, uh, you know, since day one, we've been crushing these UFC gambling Unreal. picks. And uh, if you're new to the pod, then it's time to get on board with us, too, because we nailed another couple of parlays there a few weeks ago at UFC 276. And then the fight night that just passed, we went nine and two on picks and then what, 10 and two the week, like three, two or three weeks ago. So, yeah, we just been absolutely nailing these picks, hit like five parlays this past weekend. So, yeah, free money every week from Bucks on Nuts. And uh, that's all I got to say about that. But uh, if you want some more picks, we've got them. Uh, this Saturday, July 16th, I'll give you some picks right now. Might as well. I'm going to go with Ortega to win over Rodriguez. Uh, the Canadian and the underdog, Charles Jordan, to win over Shane Burgos. And uh, Jack Shore to get the win over Ricky Simon. But all these fights on this card, I think, uh, are going to be pretty close. I was looking at the odds, and there's not one particular fight where there's a huge favorite. Like last weekend, we had a minus 900 favorite. Nothing I saw like that on this card. But... Uh, those are my picks. Uh, DK, did you have any picks for this upcoming weekend? I was like betting against Misha Tate. I feel like she's had a long, <laughs> long layoff. I know she's fighting against a 38-year-old Lauren Murphy, but I just feel like Misha Tate lost it a long time ago. Um, this is one of those Cerrone moments, and we saw what happened to Cerrone at UFC 276. The guy Hey, shout out to have. Cerrone, though. Shout out to Cerrone. Re- great career. He just retired after that fight, too, right? Yep. And, yep. uh Fucking, that's a guy that's going to the Hall of Fame, I think. Whether or not he, you know, he might not have won in his last, like, three years there. But uh, <laughs> he was an absolute uh, fan favorite and yep. just a legend, respectable guy. 
at some of the greatest highlight reels. You know, if you look at his highlight reel, it's one of the best. And I think he, he is like top three for most fights in the UFC. So sorry to cut you off there, DK, but you mentioned yep. Cowboy and I had it in my notes to give him a little shout out. So thanks for the, you know, the, the great memories and the great fights and everything you do there, Cowboy. Continue, my bad. I was at UFC 206 in Toronto when he uh, knocked out Matt Brown, and it was one of the grossest. Yep. Like it was just unbelievable the knockout. And that, that at, the at head that kick time, one? yes, head kick one. Yeah. And at that point, nobody had knocked out Matt Brown before, so it was like yeah. crazy impressive. He's got a couple, like you say, absolute highlight reels. He should be in the Hall of Fame. He is the definition of I'll fight anybody, anywhere, anytime. He Fact. never said no to a fight. This is like I I like that McGregor. Um, that McGregor fought him and gave him the big payday after he didn't get paid for a long time, like very well. Cerrone <laughs> yeah. did. I really do like that. Um, yeah, he should be in the Hall of Fame. But back to this card on the 16th here. Yeah, go against Misha Tate, just like we were going against Robbie Lawler. You and I both like Brian Barberina. Great pick yeah. on us. You just notice in the UFC when people are just getting to the end of the rope. You got to bet against him. You can't put your money on people like that. Misha yeah. Tate is that person for me. I know this is going to be a weird one, but it's the uh, Lee Jing Liang. I've watched this guy yep. fight a few times. I love him. I think he fucking does everything. He's very entertaining. He can take a shot. He can give a shot. He's never out of a fight. I would look at him for a win. And then Brian Ortega, Yair Rodriguez. I Anytime I've ever bet on Yair Rodriguez, I've lost. But I also mm-hmm. am not the biggest fan of Brian Ortega. I thought he was very, very boring until he got KO'd and just absolutely worked by Max Holloway, and then he kind of changed his fight style a little bit. That's dicey. I always like taking Yair by KO because I know he's going to be the dog in that fight. Just the way he's similar to O'Malley where you really can't train for what Yair is going to bring to you. I like Yair Rodriguez in that one, so those are my... I only, I only like those three. I like your Charles uh, Jordan pick as well, but those are my three that I'm going to give out is Yair by finish, uh, go against Misha Tate in any way, Lauren Murphy probably most likely by decision, and uh, Li Jing Liang to win. I like all three of those. Yeah, Li Jing Liang is a, you know, a machine until he faces Jemayev. Then he looks like a fucking <laughs> ragdoll out there. But yep. I think uh, you know he, he has a good shot of winning too. Um, I can't say I, I like i can't go against ortega there i really like ortega the volkanovsky versus ortega fight there that was a fantastic fight and that's the closest i've seen volkanovsky to getting finished but i actually was betting on ortega to beat volkanovsky and he almost fucking choked him out like i was fucking screaming when that fight was going on i was jumping out of my seat and hyped and i really like ortega my only concern is after you take a beating like he did uh against volkanovsky sometimes that changes a fighter like look at um Ferguson there, Tony Ferguson against Gaethje after he got his face mangled up. He's never been the same. I'm concerned Ortega might never be the same after getting his shit kicked out of him against Volkanovski, but uh, I'm, I'm still going with Ortega. I just got a gut feeling about that pick, but uh, we'll, we'll probably uh, ride those other picks you said there, DK. And then as for the ones we didn't mention that are on that card, we're going to have those posted up on the Bucks on Nux Instagram page on Saturday. So keep an eye out for those. We, uh, you know, pretty much haven't missed since uh, our first episode. So, um, yeah, get those picks in. And then uh, we'll move on to our last topic now. And uh, I just got to ask you guys if you saw that uh, Joey Chestnut there absolutely dummying the guy in the Darth Vader mask at the Nathan's uh, hot dog eating competition. 
because that was hilarious. Did you guys see that? <laughs> Bro, mid-dog. Mid-dog, yeah. this guy's throwing fucking headlocks and taking out. And I didn't realize this. He was on crutches. He was in a walking yeah. boot. He was on one leg, dummy and glizzies <laughs> down his gullet and taking boys out that are protesting. That is a legend of the sport. I don't. I mean, I don't know if it's a really a sport, but it's a legend of the sport regardless. Did he try and snap that dude's neck, dude? That's yeah, well, he, it looked like yeah, he, like, grabbed the guy's neck and went to, like, choke him. Like, you, like, fucking, re- yeah. like, you could have fucking killed the guy there. Fucking put Joey Chestnut in MMA this fucking Saturday. I'll put money on him right now, for God's sake. But <laughs> it was almost, like, similar to uh, the guy we mentioned a few episodes ago that I'll do anything to protect his crab legs at the Mandarin there. Yeah. Like, Joey Chestnut <laughs> just protected his fucking hot dogs in that case. But, uh, man, th- this guy really is the goat though, man. Like he's, uh, got a fucking world record or like, if you look at the records there, he holds like the top eight spots. They're all from different years, but like, I think, uh, if, I think I wrote it down here. Like he destroyed like 76 hot dogs back in 2021. That was his best year. And he did like another 63 this year, which is just absolutely insane, man. He's not even like a big, huge guy either. You'd think he would be, but uh, you ever watch one of those things? Yeah, I have, dude. They're, they're crazy. There was also they're a guy there, like... gross. They're puking the whole time. Like, yeah. they're just shoving them in, and then they zoom uh, in on people, and they're shoving them, and puke's flying out of their mouth. It's like, <laughs> what in the fuck is going on here? How is this real? Like, you guys are just forcing these guys to eat glizzies through their own puke. Like, that should be... I, I couldn't believe it when I watched it the first time, but yeah, oh, Joey Chestnut, is an, he's an absolute legend, but that's not something that... Uh, when someone says, yo, Joey Chestnut's going to go break a world record, I usually tune I, I turn the channel. So I don't need to see five guys in a line puking all over each other for fucking two <laughs> hey, minutes. Well, <laughs> speaking of uh, breaking records, two world records, like shout out to the guy there that goes by the name of Badlands Booker who chugged a full gallon of lemonade in 30 seconds <laughs> at that same competition, setting a world record. And all you got to say about those two is uh, quite the athletes, man. Like, Fucking, what a sport, eh? Like, holy fuck. Physical just, specimens. Just fucking get the get the open jaw, open gullet, and just start oh shoving God. shit down it, man. Like, that's that's basically, like, how do you train for something like that? Does he sit at home and make, I don't know. like, 65 dogs one day <laughs> and then just go into his backyard and just dummy him? Like, I don't know he how you train. He just goes to the Mandarin, dude. He goes to the Mandarin <laughs> and fucking fights for crab legs and shit. And then if someone tries to steal his hot dogs, he's fucking choking him out and fucking... <laughs> Breaking world records, man. He actually uh, holds the record of uh, most championship titles in a single event with 14 at the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Competition. And that's like ahead of Rafael Nadal's 13 French Open wins, Margaret Court's 11 Australian Open wins, and a whole bunch more. I'm trying to remember the, the entire list, but like he's fucking number one, dude. And I don't know, like some people <laughs> would probably he's think. I don't know if this is as impressive as Nadal's 13 playing tennis. <laughs> But like this, this come guy on just, joey chestnut's the goat you not see him take that guy out to you that just made that was awesome. better that was unreal i love and the fact that like when i saw him take him out i was laughing and then when they said when they showed him coming off the stage with crutches i thought it was even yeah. better it was like this guy's got a broken foot shoving dogs in his mouth and taking people out mid-competition that was it's just the best thing of all time it's the best thing of all time yo ty yeah. is joey chestnut on your sports mount rushmore <laughs> oh he's the first like one that comes to mind dude. <laughs> wayne gratsky joey chestnut michael jordan tom brady buddy there it is <laughs> right on. Raphael Jesus. didn't even make the cut because he's only got 13 fucking championship titles in a single event come on buddy get that up to 14 and we'll be talking there <laughs>
<laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just teasing this. I don't even know if I call this a sport when it comes down to it. Like this is a, no, hell no. I would call it just fucking great entertainment and uh, Guinness world record shit. You know, it's the stuff when I was a kid fucking flipping through the Guinness world record book, I'd see the pictures of these guys doing that shit yeah and uh, i had to mention it on the pod because we're always talking about the mandarin and taco bell and fucking dummy and food and then uh, you want to talk about the master of dummy and food it's joey chestnut and then the man of dummy and fucking lemonade that's uh badlands booker there what a, <laughs> what a handle <laughs> yeah do you guys do you guys uh know that saying where it's like every hot dog you eat takes like a week off your life or something yeah yeah. Does yes. Joey Chestnut overstate his welcome on this planet? What's the deal here? He's not human. I wonder if he eats like his normal food like that. Like his wife cooks a mistake and he just picks it up and just dummies it back in three seconds. Like, thanks for dinner, babe. Like I don't like I feel like how do, how else do you train for it other than just eating like that nonstop? Yeah. Like you said, like imagine yeah. seeing this guy to put in work at the mandarin. Like Dude, yeah. the fork would just be like there'd be sparks coming off the fucking plate as this guy's <laughs> picking up off the fuck whatever he's grabbing. It would be a like a spectacle for sure. A sport, no. Like I think if we're calling it a sport and he's on a Mount Rushmore of athletes, there's some dude that's won like 13 straight go kart fucking opens at his local track and it's like, well, if Joey Chestnut's an athlete, so am I. I'm fucking no different than this NASCAR <laughs> driver. <laughs> you know, I just I I I loved the clip. But to say that his uh, his accomplishments in terms of most championships won at a single event doesn't mean anything to me. Doesn't mean nothing to me. <laughs> no, I just had to get it there. I don't. I hope no one's taking me seriously when I'm saying that <laughs> shit. Like fucking going over Rafael Nadal and that. But uh, I had to fucking sneak it in there. Oh, absolutely! It's worth a shout out all day long, Joey Chestnut. Out of boy. I don't know how the guy's not 400 fucking pounds because, like you said, like, how does he train for that? He must have to dummy, like, food all the time and shit, or at least leading up to it. I don't know how he's not, you know, extremely obese. That's but, what I'm saying. Uh, oh, you know what? He probably drinks Diet Cokes. That's probably what he's fucking <laughs> yeah. up yeah. to. <laughs> <laughs> That's about all I had for uh, today, though. Did you guys uh, have anything else you want to add before we uh, get out of here? No, I'm all set. I think we, uh, think we covered good. the topics. Now we're back on a normal schedule. I believe after this week, yeah. I think we could all get into a normal schedule once again. The reason why we've been off, more or less my fault, like I said, 10 of the last 12 days been on an absolute bender. Tough to record when you're going <laughs> through stuff yeah. like that. So you know what I'm saying? We'll get back on the regular schedule, regular posts on Bucks on Nux. What do we got going, Stu? The Instagram, TikTok. We got it all rolling now, don't we? Yeah, we got a couple accounts going Bucks on Nux on, hey, if you got a social media you enjoy, search up Bucks on Nucks, and if we're there, we're there. That's all I gotta say. Absolutely. Not Twitter, no, for sure. It's it's uh, Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. So yeah, yeah, there we are. All right. Well, I think that does it then. That's a wrap for episode thirteen of Bucks on Nucks. And like you guys just said, make sure to check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and also keep an eye out for our gambling picks on those social media pages. And drop a five-star review down for the podcast if you're enjoying it. And check out the other podcasts on showbile.com. And if you can't be cool, be careful. And if you can't be good, get at it. Bye.